0: Well, certainly they're an integral part of many park systems and everything that you mentioned from concessionaires to uh, operator agreements and uh, you know, use agreements can definitely enhance the activity in parks. Uh, and we have a number of those situations
1: here in Pensacola. So this is Ben Hines, uh, Heistein. He is the new parks director for the city of Pensacola. This is in a press conference, uh, uh, not this most recent one yesterday, but maybe two weeks ago, and uh, John Singley of Studio 850 had asked a really good question about, well, what sort of other sort of revenue streams might you be considering when it comes to our park system? And he had given uh, you know, a, a fair number of those, and I thought that was a very interesting question slash concept. And so let's talk about this a little bit. D.C. Reeves is the mayor of Pensacola, of course, joins us every Wednesday at this time. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having
1: me. Great to have you. So I I know one of your big focuses is having an inventory of everything we got. How much does it need to be repaired? How much is it going to cost us every year to maintain or to repair it, restore it to the condition? Obviously, you're doing this across the board. Uh, But this issue of alternate revenue streams to support the always publicly subsidized parks don't make money obviously they make quality of life um, but can you maybe talk a little bit about what things you and Ben might have in mind for generating revenue around the parks yeah
0: absolutely and, and like you said step one no matter what is to, uh, you know, let's see what we're dealing with right and so let's see assessment um, and, and so we like you said that is in process as he gets on boarded but uh, but I love that idea, and I love that, the fact, and that's why it's important to have fresh ideas. Sometimes, when you come from working sort the size and scope and, and budget of the city of Dallas, uh, you see a lot of things—maybe <laughs> some that work, and probably some that don't work right. uh, that you wouldn't do and you wouldn't replicate when you went to another city. So, um, so I'm I'm really excited. We, you know, we of course have met several times. Um, and we we've we spent a lot of time talking about uh once that initial assessment is done uh that we start looking at those and i and i have actually told ben uh, you know in our meetings that look the same way look at the grants office i mean certainly uh that was spending money to help create an additional revenue stream. this is no different if this meant we were starting a parks foundation that could certainly uh, uh start to help cover our costs because we know that there is no such thing I will never propose a budget that will fully cover our maintenance costs at the parks we know that that will never happen we don't have the money to do that so how do we find how do we meet that delta and so I, I'm really excited to see what kind of opportunities and, and, and pick his brain once he's gotten the lay of the land we're going to start diving in on on what those may be and when it's not just money sometimes it's, it's, it's helping empower neighborhood groups to clean the clean the parks that that they live by. Like the tree planting initiative, getting uh, the neighborhood
1: groups involved. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly.
0: It's not just dollars. It's not just, you know, charity dinners and and help our parks. It's that could be part of it. But I think it's also how do we empower the people who care about these places the most? Um, So it's like, you know, when I see on social media, for example, you know, I'll see these groups cleaning up around. I always try to get on and say, hey, thank you. You know, thanks for doing this, that, that you care about this place the way I do, and, and I appreciate
1: that. Well, that's a that's a great way to externalize the cost of maintaining the parks to people who are willing and eager to do it because, you know, if if 100 people are spending an hour a week maintaining parks, that's, you know, 100 hours a week that you don't have to pay somebody to do that or exactly. 100 hours a week that you can be paying somebody to do something else that really needs professional attention, unlike the sort of citizen attention. I, I guess the one thing I just wanted to, and maybe I know it's a little bit preliminary, but... My worry is, you know, um, the the caricature would be we don't want our parks looking like NASCAR jumpsuits. You know what I mean? Like... I'm I'm on board with Mm -hmm. you know commercializing and revenue generation, um, but I don't want the parks to become just another ad space. And I know that's not what either of you have in mind, but I think that's what the, you know, somebody might have that picture in their head is, oh my God, he's going to generate revenue by selling park bench advertising and you know uh, chain link fence advertising at the dog park at Bayview and on and on and on.
0: Well, look, I can tell you from my own personal experience, I think. That the consumer experience, the citizen experience, really, really matters first and foremost. And in my pr- past life, I, I would rather I would rather spend a little more money to ensure quality and then ensure a great experience. So, uh, so I, that should not be the concern. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think it's only going to be attacked by ads. And frankly, I don't think that that would be a, a, a big enough ding on the budget, to be honest. I think it's. Okay. I think we have to. You know, I think we have to capture the heartstrings of the people who care about this community the most and say, you know, what do we want this place to be? You know, or, or, or what park is most important to you? Where, You know, where did you raise your children going? Where did you, you know, it, it's, it's those things that allow and empower for the first time, really, uh, empower the people of this community to help invest in the places that that mean so much to them. Um And so, you know, that could come in a lot of forms. But, no, I, you know, we're not going to have – Fast food ads on every uh, in ninety-four parks, you know, <laughs> everywhere. That's not the intent, I think. Uh, but, but I, I'm I'm really excited to pick Ben's brain on, on again what's worked and what hasn't
1: worked. Well, and you know, I, all kinds of things are possible here, right? Like naming rights is one of the things that had come up. Um, you know, vendors, for example. I know a lot of times people would love to have, for example, food trucks, and maybe you know having food trucks pay for a specific permit to get access to a park that would start to you know, make money for the city, provide a service, they get business. I mean, there's all these kind of, you know, win, win, win sort of scenarios I can imagine. And I'm, I am, I'm looking forward to some of the details about that. Obviously parking for Thanksgiving was a, you know, there were more people than there were spaces, even with the big grassy knoll out in the front. Um, I know you talked about, there's going to be a a lot for a couple of hundred spaces that you guys are going to be working on in the spring. I just as a, I mean, it's a completely temporary measure and it would require, you know, kind of a shuttle service, but did you guys look at the possibility of using all of the vacated land where the ST Engineering hangars three and four are going to go on the northwest corner? Now that all those houses are gone, it seems like at least there's land close to the airport there that isn't being used.
0: Well, look, I think we've got some some more viable short, short-term short options. Okay. First, uh, I mentioned yesterday that, uh, that moving some employee lots uh, out where those are shuttled. And, and understand, you know, those are the employees that, that uh, certainly help make our airport go. Um, so that does not come without consequence, uh, obviously, but right. But it is something that at this point is necessary uh, because of the growth. And you heard me say yesterday, yet again, Thanksgiving weekend last year versus this year, 15.5% higher. Not 5%, 15.5%. That's crazy. So it's just been a great thing, but it, we're, we're trying to manage it the best we can. Second, uh, we're we're actually looking at temporarily expanding an economy lot, uh, economy lot number one, onto an old aircraft ramp, um, to, just to create more space. So, kind of same concept you're talking about is, you know, how do we find more room? Well, I think we found more room that's even closer than okay. Than uh, where three and four are going to go because that's pretty, you know, that's a significant haul down that makes there. Sense. So, uh,
1: oh, by the way, so if you if you do that, if you do that, sell it sell ahead. it as a VIP and you know make a deal out of it and and charge extra for the ability to park on the tarmac. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll we'll put the sponsored signs you're talking about. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, on right. the thing, and you know we'll just <laughs> knock it all out. Uh, but no, we're uh, so those those two things are happening nowish. So that's even before uh, what I would think would be late spring, early summer, where we'd have the 400 surface spaces. I know designs uh, pretty much complete at this point. So um, so as we continue to grow, so because a lot of times people, I know I've gotten the question a lot of saying, well. Does that, does that mean we're not going to get any more parking until there's a new terminal? Absolutely not. We're, we are aggressively working on parking uh, situations, whether we get funding this year in the legislati- uh, legislature or, or federal government or not. We, we are going ahead with these parking projects. So, um, and, and by the way, that surface lot's about a four point four million dollar project. This is not a small, um, a, a small project in that sense.
1: So, I'm assuming that's um, going to anyway, get so grant that's funding. That's though, are, right, because it's airport man. related. That's your goal is to grant fund that.
0: That, that's correct. Well, FDOT is—it's actually a fifty-fifty split with FDOT. So okay. we already received, it, or we have received. We've we've been awarded the two-point-two million in funding in the next fiscal year, and then that's two-point-two of airport money. Yes, absolutely.
1: Got it. Okay. It, it, it's weird. It's like a thriving, growing city has parking issues. Isn't that strange? I mean, who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> one of the other. I know, things- I, know, I, know, I never deal with them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. One of the other um, the other things that had come up yesterday, you were talking about this tree ordinance change and. At first, I had thought you were going to address the problem of having contractors working for the power company butcher the trees, uh, but it seems like you were going more for the issue of, you know, people hire a tree uh, trimmer to come in and trim or take down or do something that winds up violating our tree ordinances, and then who winds up, you know, paying for that? And it seems like the answer you want to put in is, hey, if they violate our rules, let's make their license be on the line. Is that kind of the short version of what you have in mind?
0: That's exactly right. We, we needed to have some accountability measure in place for the companies that should know the rules of our city better than the citizen, right? right? It, it, because it affects them. You know, I, I always relate it to my own business experience. I mean, if I had plenty of licenses in plenty of agencies over the activities uh, of a brewery or a bar, and I don't get to say, oh, well, you know what? Well, they went and drank it, so why don't you go get them? You know, they may go get them if they were underage and right. something like that, but I am accountable to what happens there because I know the rules. And so um, I, I kind of got fed up with getting emails from, from property owners. And whether they were fudging it or not, you know, they're saying, well, look, I didn't even know what the rule, you know, this big, long tree ordinance, I don't know what, what it is. And so it just – the light bulb went off to say, well, shouldn't the folks that know this the best, that, that should be required to know this? Uh, be, have the ability to be held accountable, and not us chase down, you know, someone that may or may not have known what the rules were uh, as a whole. And so, so that doesn't—it's not going to alleviate accountability from the citizen or the, the property owner in this case. Uh, but if, um, but we have this additional mechanism to ensure. And what do we want? We don't want fines, and we don't want to take people's licenses away. What we want is—is is for you to think twice before you cut down you know a heritage joke tree at midnight on the weekend that's what we want you to do so um, hopefully we don't have to utilize this very much but that this just is a little bit of a wake up call for the whole process
1: well credible deterrence is always better than getting compensation for the mistake now i totally agree with you that's i, I like yeah. the approach and you're right that you know the people who are doing business you know the, the bartender is the one who's supposed to know whether you're underage and the bartender's supposed to know whether you're too drunk to be served another uh, bit of alcohol and that's that's right. who we hold accountable more so than the underage person or the person who uh, gets drunk uh, we always like to end with a uh, frivolous topic, like a lightning round kind of concept here. First thing is, I know this is your background since you were in sports. Uh, commentator on the Ohio State-Michigan game made the, I thought, errant comment that that was the greatest rivalry in all of sports. What is your personal greatest rivalry? It doesn't have to be like objectively, this is, but what's like the one to you that it's your team versus the, the evil empire of whoever's the alternative?
0: Oh, I mean, for me, easy for me is Florida State, Florida. Um, All right. And just because in the era I grew up, in the mid-'90s, it was one verse two, one verse three. Right. You know, when I was you know in middle school, I mean, it's definitely Florida State, Florida. And there's no way that Ohio State, Michigan is better, in my opinion, than Florida State, Florida.
1: <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I thought it was a little out of place probably for a Midwestern guy. Uh, and me being one, I can recognize the disease. Uh, how often does D.C. Reeves floss? And what type of floss flossing device do you use?
0: Uh all the time, mo- constantly. It's one of the weird uh you know, multiple times a day. And uh I don't know, it's the uh not the old school. I don't I don't uh you not know, the have string. Piece of string. It's a string. Okay. The- it's the uh, you know, the this technology world we live in. It's one of the uh, the, the little disposable the little flossers that or something.
1: String on it. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm, exactly. I'm the same. I think I never flossed ever, ever, ever until they invented those things and now I floss easily because they're fantastic. And
0: that's exactly the same as me. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Last one is um there was national clean out your fridge day. It's always in proximity to Thanksgiving. Um how full on a regular is your fridge? Super full, medium full, kinda empty?
0: I would say kind of empty uh you know we've in this world i now live in In the last year you know between dinners and breakfasts and lunches you know i'm going places all the time and then we will start to realize we're throwing out food all the time so uh it's you know cupboard is relatively bare here at a at the uh, mayor operating household
1: <laughs> shea reeves uh, so follow up quick one um when you're out and you don't finish your food do you take it home or do you just leave it you leave it there are you a doggy bag person
0: i give up on it cause, because I, what well, I was doing is putting it in a box and leaving it on the table at the restaurant. So, you know, I just <laughs> give up on it. And I, I, You know, I'll give it my best shot when I'm there, and then I'm out of
1: there. All right, fair enough. And if it's already getting, you're throwing out food at home, I get why you wouldn't bring more food home. That makes sense to me. D.C. You're Reeves, right. mayor of Pensacola, sir. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for the time.
0: All right, Andrew, thanks.
1: 7.53 here.